What a day. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What a night. Amen. I believe if Satan knew what was good for him, he'd leave the building now. Could we amen that? Amen. Have you had a great day? Well, I've enjoyed watching you put forth incredible efforts today. I've enjoyed that. So in turn, I'm going to enjoy watching you put forth incredible effort tonight. Hallelujah. So this is how this works. I'll, I'll push and you pull. And I'll push and you pull. Amen. And so I, I believe I've got some good ones on the other end of the line now tonight. Amen. How many come expecting something from him? I walked into the service this evening expecting great things. Absolutely great things. And amen. Amen. Could we talk to him just now? Heavenly Father, we bow our heads before you now. And we would like to express how much we love you. But our human vocabulary is just not enough. We'd like to tell you how sorry we are for our mistakes and failures and sins. We'd like to thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that you have provided for us. Lord, we'd like to thank you for this opportunity. Another opportunity to stand in your presence in this realm of human instrumentality. Now Lord, this is an opportunity that that all of hell would like to have. If they could have the opportunity to step back into this, in this arena to hear one more sermon, just to hear one more sermon and have an opportunity to make another choice. Oh, God. But there's another dimension that is screaming, a higher dimension screaming. They kept the faith. They ran their race with everything that was within them. And they're screaming for us to finish this race. Oh God, I ask you that you would sweep across this audience. May, may the mighty angels of God sweep into this building tonight. And Lord, drive back every enemy of doubt and frustration and fear and unbelief tonight. And I ask you that you would come in a mighty way. Lord, you've dealt with me in a specific way for this service. And, and I ask you now that you would focus our mind and our heart and all of our thoughts even now. Not about tomorrow or next week or the coming weeks, but about where we're standing right now. May you just allow us to stand in an eternal bubble just for a bit. And you speak to our hearts, Father. May it be you, Father. May you borrow our bodies. As our prophet would say, give us a temporary resurrection. 
Lord, speak to us tonight. Bless the ministry that is here. Bless Brother Biscoll. Give him strength this afternoon. Sister Biscoll. Oh, God, we're thinking of Brother Ken Boyer and Sister Shelley tonight. Father, you're greater. You're greater than tumors and cancers. And you're greater than all of that tonight, Father. So we tell Satan, turn him loose. In the name of Jesus Christ, he's defeated by the power of the Word of God. Lord, we thank you for these things. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I'd like to turn to Isaiah chapter 65 this afternoon. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 16. I would like to speak to you tonight on music through the hurt. Music through the hurt. I'd like to take your mind to Isaiah's life for a moment. This is a man that's going to face much rejection through his life. This is a man that will be commissioned to lay naked at the gate of the city. Not for a day, but for many, 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 many days. This is a man that will be sawn asunder. But God will allow him to write some of the most beautiful words. Not of literature, but prophetic words. Sometimes we look at the results and we want to see results. But I'd like to read to you results for a little bit and go backwards if I may. Would that be okay? Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 16. That he who blesseth himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth. Because the former troubles are forgotten. Because they are hid from mine eyes. For behold, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I created Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and, and enjoy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be found no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be... Be no more thence of infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner be a hundred years old shall be accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For it's the days of a tree are the days of my people and mine elect shall enjoy the, the work of their hands and they shall not labor in vain nor bring forth for trouble. 
for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock and the dust shall be the serpent's meat. And they shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. It's talking about you. You may be seated. In Revelations chapter 19, I'd like to read more scripture about you. This writing comes from a man that's in prison. The worst prison of that day. It's an exile. It's a prison that, where that he has been boiled in all. It's a prison to where that there's every kind of a viper and all kinds of spiders and some of the worst prisoners in the entire world are very dear to, near to him. But he is commissioned to come up hither and to come and see. He is brought to a realm to where that he can write prophetic things. Though his body be trapped in a prison, yet in that realm he can write. I'd like to hear him write about you just now. And I heard it was a voice of a great multitude. And it's a voice of many waters, as a voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, Clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's you. With all your critics. And all the tormentors that have been against you through your life. And the scars that you have been through in your life. And the whispers that have been in your ear over and over and over again. And if you could have a volume button, you'd like to cut them down. I want to say this to you. God writes you a love letter. And sings to you, blessed are ye because you're called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Revelations 21 and 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard it, a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, 
and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he saith unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. Now I want you to remember the author behind the author. It's the one that said, Let there be sun and moon and stars. And God believed his own word and it came into existence. This is the God that is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows what you've been through in your life and he knows where you came from and where you're going. He's got the whole world in his hands. He is in complete control of everything in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a promise. This is my future. This is a reality. I'm going to a place where there's no more death. Grass won't die. Trees won't die. Leaves won't wither. Flowers will never fade away again. I'll never have another gray hair. Never have need of glasses. Never have aching bones. Are you with me now? I'm headed to a place that God made me a promise. And the same God that allowed me to, to enjoy salvation here on this earth, to know that my sins are forgiven and that I can live in perfect peace in this earth. When you can come to a spot to where that you realize that your sins are forgiven. And he paid the price of your redemption. You can live in perfect peace. The same God that said, let there be. And that said, I'm going to have a place where there's no more death and no more sorrow. Can stand there tonight and say, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Boo devil. We do not have to constantly relive sin in our lives we do not constantly have to fall and get back up again. We do not constantly have to be beat over the head by the tormentor. We can live in peace. Amen. We are not a slave to sin no longer. Brother Branham tells a story of letting on for pressure. He said, as a little rabbit, this is a story. The hounds was right behind him. He could feel their hot breath upon his feet. Just a little while, another jump, jump or two, the hound was going to get the little fellow. He would be gobbled up in just a moment. But after a bit, he saw a hole in the rock. 
And he thought, if I could only get to that rock, then I'm safe. Just as a dog made a last jump at him, he felt his hot breath on his heels. But he run under the rock. Then he could sit down and let off the pressure. The hound could not scratch through that rock. We have a rock of ages tonight that's greater than the rock of Gibraltar. In this rock of ages, you're safe. In this rock of ages, God has made a covenant with you to take care of you. I'd like to share this with you tonight. I find it incredible, interesting. Brother Branham talks about in Thirsting for Life in Phoenix, Arizona. He said if we could take a trip tonight and go up to heaven, and I'd meet with Father Abraham, and I'd say, Abraham, what is the most glorious thing that you have ever known? What's the most essential thing that you have ever known? Abraham would say to me, life eternal. And then I'd take a little trip and we'll go again and we'll go around to the great archangel, Gabriel, who is the messenger of the covenant to the Jewish people, who stands at the right hand of God, one of the highest order of angels in heaven. And I would say to him, Gabriel, Thou art a mighty angel. You're loved of God. And you've been here for the eons of time. And you perhaps know everything in the heavens. And where everything is placed. Think of this conversation now. You're one of God's right hand angels. You know the great secrets of heaven. You sounded the trumpet at the coming of the Lord Jesus. You announced his first coming. And you shall announce his second coming. You must be a mighty man or angel. I want to ask you in all of God's treasures. What is the greatest thing that you have found amongst his treasures? And I can see Gabriel bring himself to attention. He said, the greatest thing that I've found in all of God's great treasures since he created me is life. God made me to live eternal for eternity. And life is the greatest thing that there is. No matter how rich you may be or how popular you may be, no matter how you might be, the greatest thing that there is is that a man can achieve in this earth is to achieve eternal life. Though you might be a king or a potentate, though you rule the world for a million years, as a king or a young man and you fail to find eternal life, you've lost the greatest thing that anyone can lose. I've often said if I could be a young man of 25 years old and if God would appear on the platform tonight and say, I will turn you to 25 years of age and there you'll remain for a million years and I'll make you king over all the universe. 
Everything will be at your command. Or I'll give you a hundred years of misery and woe and trouble and sorrow. But at the end of that hundred years, I'll give you eternal life. But at the end of the million years, you are lost. Oh, I'd say, Lord God, don't, I don't have to wait no longer to make my choice. Let me have a hundred years of misery and woe and any kind of death that you choose for me to die. Only, Lord, give me eternal life. That's what we're under this tent for tonight. I'm not looking for riches or fame or I'm not looking for great popularity. I have a great desire for eternal life. A couple of years ago, my mother, who believed this message with all her heart, loved this message with everything that was within her. She had a heart attack. And I was at her side. Brother Andrew was at her side. We got there. And she was coding. Great doctors were working on her. And they were telling us, there's just nothing we can do. There's just absolutely nothing we can do. And she was as conscious as I'm conscious now. And she was as in control as I'm in control now. And she began to speak, not about what she missed out in life, but she began to speak about her love for Jesus. This is what I've lived for. The doctor told her one more time, Christine, I have to ask you, can I put you on a machine that you might live and we could hold, try to hold your life? And she said these words, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And in that moment, she slipped into another dimension. It was not a defeat. I want you to know tonight it was not a defeat. It was a victory. She stepped out of an old body into a brand new body. Everything that this message says is reality. And she stepped into another realm where there's no death, where there's no sorrow. Services like tonight are preparing us for that moment. If I could ask you tonight, I shared a few of these comments in Edmonton, but if I could ask you tonight, God who predestinated you before the foundation of the world, if you could have a conversation with you, Call your name. And he tell you, Sister Tracy, this will be a time to which I'm going to release you into the earth. 
You'll be born at a certain time in Laodicea. It's going to be the darkest age. It's going to be, a, it's going to be an age full of sin. It's going to be an age to which that insanity is just going to almost rule the world. It's going to be an age to where that there become no right, no wrong. It's going to be an age of incredible perversion. It's going to be an age of the, even the, the church world won't even know where they stand. But I'm going to allow you to be born on a certain day at a certain time. I'm going to watch over your seed all the way through. And when you're born, I'm going to watch over you. And I'm going to protect you. And I'm going to be with you. And there's some things that you've got to go through in life. But I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you word that I'm going to sustain you with. There will be a season to which that you will feel alienated from the commonwealth of God. But you always will be a seed. You always will be a son. But there will come a day that you recognize where you came from and where you're going. Young man, young woman from that dimension. He could have that conversation with you. He could talk to you about what you will develop while you're here. It'll be the development of character. By developing your character, you'll be fit to reign. You'll be born with complexes. You'll be born with fears. You'll be born with natural anxieties in your life. Your greatest battle will be in your mind. But I'm going to equip you with something. I'm going to give you my word. And this word is not a word that has to evolve. But I'm going to give you my word that will sustain you. Are you with me? You remember just a few moments ago I wrote to you, I told you about Isaiah. We could, just, we could just think about this just for a moment. It comes a time to where the prophet writer comes into fellowship with the author. And as a man, he would like to have perfect fellowship with Jesus Christ and not have to wrestle with his humanity of feeling lost. His humanity of of more than turtle doves and bullock and offering of sacrifice of doves. His humanity of, of us becoming an old man and feeling weak. Now God allows him to step into a channel to where that God allows him to begin to speak of a kinsman redeemer. Now he'll scream it out and it'll be read by literally billions on the earth. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He'll understand what I'm going through. He'll understand my deep scars. 
He'll understand the depth of my anxieties. He'll be acquainted with my grief. We did, we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised. We esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs. This is not only prophetic, in one sense he's to come, but it's prophetic for us to grab a hold of it and say, he took my pain for me. I just pray I can grip this audience tonight. Whatever turmoil that you're going through now that you're wrestling with, Young people, God knows what you're going through. Hallelujah. We could talk of the Fox's Book of Martyrs, which is beyond belief of what people have had to go through. Sawed asunder, stoned, burned at the stake, murdered. For the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they could look at this scripture. God paid the price for this. In my deepest heartache and agony. I've got a, I've got a savior. My heart is torn. But I've got a savior. That has paid the price for me. And I can get through this. I want to speak this to you. You can get through this. Brother Ron, I feel so alone. You don't know what I heard. I can't share it with nobody else. You can get through this. I've got some deep darkness in my life. I can't tell a soul. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Brother Ron, I've got loved ones that it seems absolutely impossible. He sent a word to you tonight. He's on the scene and he knows how to come to their case. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found into the praise and the honor and the glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trial of your faith, it's not the faith of God. It's your faith. Hallelujah. Because God's got confidence in his seed, Brother Matt. And things beyond our control. I don't know why I picked him. I believe God knows Things beyond our control. God is saying tonight, I got this. Amen. 
I got this. Job, he'd be a good testimony for us. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Revelation chapter 3, which will be a theme of your church age book. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesight, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh. Brother Branham said overcome is recognize Satan at his trick and overcome him. You're an invincible army. And that's more than a statement. Are you with me? God's give you a word that you can overcome in this day. We're more than some rehab center. We're more than some center where you learn to live with your devils. We're more than some social gospel gathering. We have been sent here with a message that said she's the final voice to the final age. And she will overcome. I would say this to you, this has been my banner. Refuse to give up. There is no going back. I've never had a day where I said I just quit. If I've got Jesus on my side, I am a victor every day of my life. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it. But I don't care what the devil says, Brother Stephen. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. The song says, onward, Christian soldiers. First John chapter 4 and verse 4. Is this all right? Year of God, little children. Listen, I don't have to hear anymore. Year of God. <laughs> Tim God's year of God John Andy's year of God and when God says that I don't even need no negotiations with the devil if I came from God I'm going back to God and you become Satan's worst nightmare on the earth because that's where you came from and that's where you're heading You have God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God's greater than every temptation of hell. He's greater than every pornographic demon. He's greater than every lustful desire. He's greater than every popularity. He's greater than every Hollywood demon that there is. He's
is greater than every music devil that there is. Brother Ron, I just get so far and then I fall back and I get so far and I fall back and I get so far. You put your hands in the hands of the man that steal the water. You put your trust in Jesus Christ. Are you with me now? You lay it at his feet. Lay temper at his feet. Lay lust at his feet. Lay passion at his feet. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God. Our sufficiency is of God. Paul would say it like this. And he saith unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even to the youth shall he, thou shalt faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as an eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Are you with me? Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 16. I'm in the great quote book tonight. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy. This is one of my favorite scripture. No weapon. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in the judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. No weapon. No weapon. I'd like to share with you some of Paul's testimony. Paul was a man that would spend much of his life in, in, in a dungeon for the cause of Jesus Christ. Not in a beautiful tent or building like we have, but most of the, the New Testament would be written from a dungeon, guarded by men. Brother Brandon would use the term, he said he would eat with rats, chains on him. Did that make him want to quit? Stupid devil. Just stupid devil. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We talk about hurt. Somewhere in your mind's eye, I'd like you to just capture some of the hurt that's happened in your life, and we're going to do something with it in a little bit. Some of the gathering of the hurt and the scars in the life. 
We're going to do with it, something with it for a little bit. Are you with me now? Is this okay? <laughs> I know I spent a little time this afternoon just saying, Satan, get ready. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prison more frequent. In depths oft. Of the Jews five times received I. Forty stripes save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day in the deep. Can you imagine, believe the sign, have an enjoyment with this? Ah, <laughs> oh, your prophet has been beat over and over again. Yep. He's been shipwrecked over and over again. Yep. Your prophet spends most of his time in prison. Yep. He's been stoned and left for dead. Yep. In journeys and often in perils and of waters and perils of the robbers and perils of mine own countrymen and perils by the nation, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils amongst false brethren. Probably the most dangerous one. In weariness and painfulness, in watching often, and in hunger and in thirst and fast often, in cold and in naked, besides all these things that were without, and that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the church. Who is weak? Who is weak? <laughs> I am not weak. Who is offended? I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things which all concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. Can I paraphrase here for a moment? I refuse to allow these hurts to destroy my music. I refuse to allow these things to destroy me. Amen. Forgive me if I get a little bit excited. Romans 8. And we know that all things, all things, there's nothing that has exclusivity to it. All things, all things, all things, all things, Brother David. This service, let's just destroy the enemy. All things. Brother Ron, you're taking your time. I want you to get it. Brother Ron, nobody knows what I go through. Listen, let me just say, get out of your personal pity party. 
climb up out of your personal pity party. Dust your clothes off. Come on, let's dust our clothes off for a little bit. We were sent here to conquer this day. Let's dust our clothes off a little bit. I'm ready to fight. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is my day. This is my battle. Every one of you has got different battles in this building, but you've been built to overcome. You've been given the armor to overcome your battle, not somebody else's battle, or this is what I would do. You overcome. Speak to your mountain. Ooh, it feels good up here. We know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are they called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And justification is though you never did it in the first place. So God that had you in your hand here knows he's going to have you in your hand there. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Let's just ask a question. Who? Who? Brother Branham stood there that day when they were contesting him on the Godhead. And they were warned by another brother, be careful. There's an angel of God with them. None of them would step up. I find it interesting that many devils stepped up after he was gone a long time ago. But now they want to take you on. Welcome to our world. Who can be against us? Who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? For as it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long, and we're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things... We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'd like to remind the devil he's in for a really bad night. Second Timothy chapter four and verse one. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at the appearing of his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but rather their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. For they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned into fables. But watch, thou in all things, endure afflictions. Don't quit. Don't turn away and run. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered for the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. (laughs) What can you do with a seed of God? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them. That love his appearing. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Brother Murphy, you're still alive. (laughs) Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind. (laughs) Can I say it to you? Forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. What happened to you yesterday? Put in the blood of Jesus Christ and walk on. What they said to you yesterday, walk on. How they hurt you years ago, walk on. The scars that have been in your life and you're still standing, walk on. Glory. Brother Ron. I'd like to see a great miracle. You are a great miracle. You are a great miracle. You are a great miracle. miracle. You're still standing. Satan has put every challenge that he could against you. He's bet all of hell against you. 
You're living in Satan's Eden and he's did everything. He's placed every media, every outlet against your mind. And you're still standing. It is a tremendous victory when you walk into church and you sit down with your Bible in your hands and you're sitting there. And Satan's done everything that he can to discourage you and to stop you and to pull you away from your position. And you're still standing at your post of duty. Boo-devil! Well, Brother Ron, you don't know. Well... Maybe over the next few minutes I can help you with some things. There was a girl that laid in a condition. And her mother and father were not believers. But she got a hold of a book. And she began to believe that all things are possible. And though she was surrounded by unbelief. Somehow, she began to pray to a faithful high priest that could touch the hem of a garment and beyond her little feeble body that couldn't get herself out of the bed, she began to believe in a vision of the Word of God that she didn't have to live in that prison of a body forever. She began to believe, God, you can send me your prophet. You can come on the scene. You can minister to my body. You can raise me up out of this bed. Yes, sir. Georgia Carter lived that testimony. A lady born blind would be a pauper all of her life. But yet there was such a relationship with God on the inside of her. She didn't need to see the sun come up in the morning. She didn't need to see the stars to know that there was a God. She could reach into another realm and the anointing of God would sweep down over her and somehow she would begin to write songs. She would begin to write songs. She didn't have money. She didn't have a great family. She didn't have a beautiful home. But the hurt didn't destroy the music. Her blind eyes didn't destroy the music that was coming out of her. Savior, Savior, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. How many, maybe even to the millions, have walked to the altar, stepped out of a pew, behind a chair, been invited Lay down sins that was more than them and slavery, more than them. And walk to an altar because someone was inspired from the depths of blindness. 
She was inspired from the depths of blindness and it forced her into a deep relationship with Christ. Stupid devil. Stupid devil. He's ignorant. Just have to say, let me just place it how it is. He's ignorant. God knows what he deposited. And he permits pressure to make gold. Are you with me? I'm coming to your house in a minute. You didn't need to pity Fanny Crosby. There was, there was thousands of people walking by her that didn't have eternal life. But what the darkness of poverty and the darkness of blindness did to her, it forced her into a relationship of six deaths that all of her critics were hushed. How will you know him? How will you know him? You're blind. How will you know him? And she turns under inspiration. And in that very moment, that criticism caused her to write a song. I shall know him. I shall know him. I shall know him by the nail prints. John Wesley, his mother, it's recorded in one place that their home was burnt out five times. They lost five homes to fire. Husband was an in and out of the home. But his mother had a desire to see a revival. She was called the mother of Methodists. They will label that later the mother Methodist. But she was crying for a revival. Pressures forced her to where she was. She wanted life. And she refused the status quo. She had to have more. One of her sons would be Charles Wesley and he would be one of the greatest songwriters of all time. But the other one would be a messenger to the age. Great big man, five foot one. Red headed. Hallelujah. He would marry a woman. Somewhere through the changes of life, she would lose her mind and she would be mentally very afflicted and tormented. Talking about pressure. You're a messenger. We read about Paul in a dungeon. We read about Fanny Crosby. But here's a messenger. A messenger to a generation. A messenger of reformation. A messenger preaching with passion with everything that was within him. And he stowed up out over every church. And his home seems unstable. Are you with me now? 
and he preached. He rode on the back of a horse and he spoke 88,000 sermons in his life. He was stoned five times. You can read it in his diary. Today I was stoned. And they thought I was dead. But I came to myself and I shook the rocks off of me. And I will begin to preach again tomorrow. Don't come to me with your pity party. Somebody didn't shake your hand. Don't come to me with, you know, my personal feelings got hurt last week and my name didn't get called in the service. I want to just rehearse it again to you. Today I was stoned and left for dead. And after my perpetrators were gone, I shook myself and got out of the rocks. And I'm determined to preach again tomorrow. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Our messenger was under every pressure from hell. Witch doctors trying to destroy his meetings. Preacher sitting on the platform trying to destroy his meeting. His physical body had, had situations in it that every few years would go through another cycle and would try to destroy itself over and over again. But he knew where he stood. He knew where he was commissioned. Are you with me? He had lost his wife. It's almost beyond measure when I, I've heard it over and over and hundreds of times. Life story. And every time I hear life story, I'm consumed with what went on. I'm consumed with the trial that he went through. But the extreme hurt the extreme pressure did not destroy the music. When he steps to the pulpit and speaks sermons like Future Home, it's like John standing and writing Revelations 21. God's messenger looking into another realm and telling you what it's going to be like and what kind of people that you'll be. He walks to the pulpit and speaks choosing of a bride and he's looking for you and he's looking at you knowing that you're coming. Knowing that he's dressing a bride for Jesus Christ. Knowing that regardless of the hurts that you go through and the critics that you will have to walk through and the turmoil that you will go through, that the dress will fit exactly right. Oh, oh, glory. Oh, glory. 
and he speaks sermons like things that are to be. It's more than just some pretty message, but it's prophetic. It's prophetic, and it's for you. And you grab a hold of it, and you hang on to it with everything that's within it. And he stands to the pulpit and under great pressure in one meeting, he's now forced into a sermon. And he speaks on the wings of a snow white dove. And he tells how a bird goes out. There's been a war. How that bird gets shot, explaining his own life. But toward the end he says, the message got through. <laughs> oh, how he must have felt, Brother Ed. And he stood there night after night after night throughout all of the years and decades now. And God allows him to say, and the message got through. It's going to accomplish what it set out to do. Let every devil in hell rage. Let the heathen rage and say vain things. The message got through. One more round. Men of God grab this message with all their hearts. They sit in pulpits all over the world. Studies. They treasure this message with all of their hearts. Oh yeah, you could poke, you could poke faults at them and look at their humanity. And they even struggle with their own humanity. Every man of God struggles with his own humanity. And he realizes that the greatest gift that any of us has is to get ourselves out of the way. But you eat the book and you eat the book and you eat the book and you eat the book. Then there will be certain occasions that you're given the opportunity to speak. Now God has allowed you to build character in your life and he's sent you trial after trial after trial. You see God is the potter and we're the clay. And he knows exactly where to squeeze us and where to put pressure on us. Because he wants the bell to sound a certain way. A trumpet to sound a certain way. And he's got a certain music for us to, to. But even though our hurt. Even though our incredible frustrations of life. Through all of our hurt. The music comes through. 
Brother Branham would use a man named Beethoven. And Beethoven was known as one of the greatest composers that there would ever be. But Beethoven's gift would be perfected. It would be forced to be perfected by becoming deaf. Sometimes we wonder why these things. We're forced into channels to be perfected. Now I'm going to cut a lot of heads off. He's forced into isolation. Now he can't enjoy the orchestra. But he'll put his ear against the floor and cut the piano off and play by the rhythm on the floor. And he from that stage of life will create the greatest music known to man. Why did Isaac have to go blind and stagger in the darkness? He would have never allowed Jacob to get the birthright. Why did David fall to a horrible sin? God had to produce grace and show grace. Character after character in the scripture. But I'd like to go character after character after character sitting in this tent tonight. Brother Tim Dodd, God has allowed certain things in your life to force you to be the man that you are. Are they easy? I'd say absolutely not. Did it hurt the music? actually made it better. Brother Tom, you shared with me your life story. We've wept together. We've cried together. We spent a lot of time together. You've watched him be developed. You've watched him. You watched him be developed. Did it hurt the music? I'd say not. Sometimes we listen to a sermon. And we watch a man tell us, I'm trying to slow down. You know good and well he can't. 
And he's delivering message with passion like never before. You just don't know. Sometimes you don't value or appreciate the work that has went on to make him the gift that he is. I haven't asked these men. I haven't asked them permission. I'm just venturing without authority. I'm going to come down here so lightning don't strike me. <laughs> it seemed like a few years ago that the whole world turned on your pastor. Did it shake him? Did he quit? I'll just tell you. Right in the midst of all that pressure, he just delivered his greatest messages. That's what pressure does to you. And you heard Rahab. And you heard Tamar. Are you with me? You heard the administration of the Son of Man. You think those thoughts some man thought up? God got a vessel to a spot. I can speak through him. Are you with me now? And you went through some of those spots with him. And you were shaken to your core. Did it cause you to quit? I'd say absolutely no. It only made you stronger. Brother Jimbo, you're a friend of me, and I hope you're a friend of mine after tonight. You have a brother-in-law who's one of my best friends of life, and his name is Tim Pruitt. And Brother Tim, if you're on right now, just cut it off for just about 10 minutes. You were his brother-in-law. And I'm sure you had a good relationship. When I first met you, it seemed like you didn't know. You had went through a horrible, and I'm not going to say a lot of things here. You had went through a horrible situation. Your first wife had passed. And you were very, very distant. Very distant. Now, to be the man that he is, God allowed, God allowed, Brother Bram uses the term, God permits, him to have a disease in his life that would cripple him. But that didn't make him quit. 
15 years old, he began to pastor a church. If you've ever met a, a man that's a lion, from a little bitty body, stands about as high as I stand, he stands with determination. Are you with me? He stands with fervency in his voice. Through all the hurts of his body. Through all the DNA that had, that had bound him. He's preached masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece through his life. I would say tonight, Brother Tim, the hurt did not destroy the music. Sister Melody and Brother Calvin, this building doesn't understand the incredible pain that you've went through in your life. But the hurt didn't destroy the music. You know, sometimes when you shake somebody's hand, You don't know what they're going through. You literally do not know what they're going through. You don't know. You just don't know. There was a day you really didn't like me. But today, it's not that way. Where's your brother? I don't think there's ever been a day you didn't like me. <laughs> the hurt. You were told everything against this message. But the hurt didn't destroy your music. We could go all over this building tonight. What about your book, Sister Anne? It's got some difficult chapters in it. destroy the music can I use one last I haven't found Ella yet I've been looking where's Ella Ella there's no accidents with God There's no accidents with God. There's absolutely no accidents. Ella, 
you've cried a lot at night. And there's been days of great darkness. No doubt Satan's whispered a lot of times in your ears. Where's her parents? Where's her parents now? Is her parents in the building? They know what the pain that she's went through. But I've never, never met a lady with more character than Ella. I say that by the grace of God. Amen. The hurt didn't destroy music. I've tried to leave myself out of this tonight. But for you that know me, know that there's been a faith walk. Faith to get out of a wheelchair. Faith to preach again. Faith to be able to get up out of the bed. Faith to move forward. Come on, church. Sometimes we look around the building and we go, where's God? I'll tell you, in every seat, God's here. Amen. In your mind, just make a list. Of all the hurts. Just make a list. Of all the hurts that's detained you and hurt you. All your pity parties. All your I'm sorry for me stations. All the stages of trying to destroy your life. Put it on the altar and just start tearing it up tonight. I lay it at your feet this night I commit it to you and thank you for putting me under the pressure that gold would come out of it
deal with you just now. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. You don't have to write me a blog. You don't have to write me a text. I want just now. You know what you've been battling in your mind. You know what you've been battling in your life. I want you right now to bring it to a consummation. Say, I'm done with this devil. I'm done with this devil that's tormenting me. I'm tired of fighting it on my own. And I want to lay it at Jesus' feet tonight. Would there be anybody in this building that would be willing to be vulnerable enough to say, I want to lay it at Jesus' feet just now. You were a team today, an absolute team today. Forced not to compete against each other, but to help each other. We need one another. We need to realize we're not isolationists. We need one another. We crawled through mud. We crawled over fences. We crawled up ropes. We crawled. We were dashed into water. We've been forced in our face issues tonight. God wants to deal with our lives personally. And I want to deal not just with young people now. I want to deal with you. All over this building. There is a deliverer in the building. There is a deliverer in the building. The prison doors can come open tonight. Oh, but I'm a Christian, but you don't have to carry those chains. You don't have to carry those anxieties. I would like for you to follow your hand up. And I'd like for you to step out of your seat tonight and stand and be identified as an overcomer. I'd like for you to step up here around this, this, this stage. God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. We have found the bullseye. I'm no longer afraid of him. I'm no longer ashamed. I stand here tonight and make a declaration. I'm free. 
And I accept my freedom tonight. I sound the jubilee trumpet tonight. I'm free. Young man to a young man, I want you to lay your hands over on one another now. Young lady to a young lady. We're together in this battle. We're together in this battle. Your tongue has the power of life and death inside of it. Your tongue. The power to speak life. To speak freedom. You see, God dealt with me to speak this sermon to you. And if God sends us a word, then he's got an action that's going to happen behind it. God amens his own word. God echoes his thoughts. And those thoughts are eternal. And he would have a service such as this because of your condition. And we have a high priest that knows where you're at. He knows where you're at. And there's not a condition too great. There's not a situation that's impossible. He's here. We don't have to ask him to come. He's here. There will come tremendous testimonies from this service tonight. There will come phenomenal testimonies from this service tonight. The angel of the Lord has passed by your way. He's come to your house. He came to Georgia Carter's house. He's came to your house tonight. He knows your needs tonight. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we lift your name on high. Your name is above every name. You're the mighty conqueror tonight. You're the mighty angel that is among us. You've come to confirm your covenant this afternoon. To make a declaration in this building amongst your bride of Jesus Christ. Let freedom ring. We've raised flags this week. But we raise another flag tonight. An ensign son. Calvary paid the price of redemption for us. And it declared that we're free. And we're no longer a slave to sin. We don't have to be a slave to habits. We don't have to be a slave to anxieties. We speak to circumstances and situations tonight. Turmoils of life. Give way in the name of Jesus Christ. Give way in the name of Jesus Christ tonight. Lord, all of our pressures that have been placed upon us. You've sent us a word that'll give us victory. It'll give us overcoming power in the name of Jesus Christ. We accept it right now. We accept it right now. 
to our house. Come to our spot right now. Oh, rock of ages. Oh, rock of ages. Clap for me. Consume us, dear God. Consume us with your presence, dear God. Consume our lives. We give it all to you now. We give it all to you, Father. Consume us. Touch my brothers, my sisters now. We worship you. We give ourselves to you. You hold tomorrow. You hold next week. You hold our futures in our hands, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, we give it to you now. We lay it at your feet now. Give it to you now. Give it to you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Won't you just let him do the work now? Just give it to him now. I commit it to you tonight, Father. There's no need me carrying this another day forward. I give it to you. I give you my pain. I give you my sorrow. I commit it to you now.
Jesus is not just asking but now it's receiving and it's thanking him why don't you just thank him now why don't you just thank him for what he's done in your life at this moment why don't you just lift up your hearts and just say thank you Jesus Lord you're a, a faithful God you're a loving God you're mindful of my need and you sent a man of God to speak 
And I don't want it to go unsaid, Lord. But I want to give you thanks. I want to give you praise. I want to worship you. I want to thank you. I want to rejoice in my deliverance. I want to rejoice in the word of God that's been spoken. We're always asking, but now I just want to rejoice. Not, not, not with closed mouth. I, I want to open my mouth. I, I want to say thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for my brother and thank you for here. My sister, my mother. I want to thank you, Jesus. People aren't grateful enough these days. They want to, don't want to thank anybody. But I tell you one thing, I want to thank the Lord Jesus tonight. I want to thank him for what he's doing amongst you. I want to bless his holy name. Lord Jesus. How can we say thanks for the things you have done for us? How can we say thanks, Lord, for what you're doing in the supernatural realm? Satan's kingdom has suffered great defeat. Kingdom of God has come down amongst his redeemed. Victory is taking place in the hearts of your children. Lord, we don't want to be dilatory. We want to be able to express from the depths of our soul to God be the glory, great things he has done. We want to praise your name. We want to lift up that name. Truly, Lord Jesus, we're thankful people. Service now, after the service, and now another service. Surely the sons and daughters of God can express, Lord, within their heart, I am free. I am free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm free. I am free to worship the true and living God. I'm free to open up my lips and to give you all the glory. I am free to lift up my hands to praise your holy name. The dead will never praise you. The dead won't rejoice in this. But Lord, we are the church of the living God and we will bless your holy name and we will give you all the glory. It's not the workings of man. It's not the instrumentality of a man. It's God himself coming down, speaking and dealing with our lives. So Father God, from the front to the back of this little tent, we want to express our thanksgiving to you for your faithfulness. The music is not going to be hurt. Still going to go on. Lord, may our lives be a melody in the presence of Almighty God. We're thankful for the word of God that we've heard this evening. We're thankful, Father. Amazing grace will always be my song of praise, Brother Ron.
Hallelujah. Look what the Holy Spirit is doing, young people. Look what he's doing. God's doing wonderful things. He's doing a miraculous thing. And I, I really don't understand sometimes how we just can't lift up our hearts and voices to and I, I, I see the Holy Spirit just doing marvelous things. And may you continue in this. May God continue to start breathing continually in your lives that you can say, I marked the spot one more time. God's called us to this great battle. He's called kings to come and fight. And it's by the grace of God that we've been able to have a camp and that the Holy Spirit would have men of God come and minister in such a way as this. Now you must determine, I'm not going to be the same. Is that your determination? I, I, I'm not going to be the same. I'm not going to fall in that same old rut. I've taken God at his word and I'm going to take him at his promise. And by the grace of God, I am totally free free now not by your emotion not by this emotion of it but by the faith of it you've heard the word faith cometh by hearing and what hearing the word you've heard the word you say well it's not just a camp experience I'm gonna go back to wherever I come from and I'm gonna fall in the same old rut if Jesus has done something eternal you can never go back to what you were and you might as well tell the devil, I am never going back to what I was. God sent a word for my life. God spoke to my heart. You didn't move here because somebody said, why don't you just go up front? Why did you come here tonight? Why did you move up here tonight? Why did you get out of your seat tonight? It wasn't Brother Tim saying, just get up here. This is a time to, to react to the things of God or Brother Tom screaming out or... No, it was the beckoning of the still, small voice of God that moved Elijah has moved you. And you can say, you can when you read that scripture, you said it wasn't in the thunder, it wasn't in the lightning, it wasn't in the earthquake, but it was in that still, small voice that you can say moved me to this spot and if God could speak to Elijah like that then he could speak to me like that and why would we want to go back and be the same we're never going to be the same again are you thankful he will continue the deal he doesn't stop just because uh, you have a wonderful time in his presence it does not stop Brother Tom's never stopped and said, boy, I'm so thankful what he did for me in 1985. I don't live in 1985. I'm in 2018. And if God can't speak to me tonight, then what kind of a God do we have? People live on the laurels of their past history. Not so for the bride of Jesus Christ. And not so for the redeemed of God. He will deal tonight. He will deal tomorrow. He will continue to deal with us. Just make yourself available. Just make yourself available. And just say, Lord, here am I. Now can I ask you one more time, did God do something for you? 
You know why I asked you that? Because now confession is good for your soul. And the prophet said, if you confess it, your confession will make your body subject to it. It's not in your mind. And I can't stand mind people where it's just all in their mind. There's no expression because the prophet taught us to put the word on our lips, to speak the word of God and make that body line right up to it. You've confessed it and you watch God now come behind you. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. He knows my name. He knows our name. As Brother Ron had said, Lord, we know our own address and we know our name and we know our own situations. We know our own hurts and we know our own problems. We know that, but Lord, the wonderful part is you know that. And you said in your word, Lord, that you are the great healer. And you're the healer of the broken pieces. You're the healer of these lives that are standing represented here. Young men and women in the beauty of their youth. And they're standing here for a reason. And so, Lord God, we have committed them into your divine care. Would you lead them, Lord, not just as you have this evening, but as they leave out of the tent and go to their cabins. In the next couple of days, they will go home. Will you be their friend that sticketh closer than a brother? The presence that is here, may it minister them on a daily basis. May you be that friend and be that guide. Lord, don't let it be just by emotion. Let it be by an experience of God himself speaking and dealing in an individual soul. I commit this lovely group to you tonight, asking, Lord, you'll continue to guide and to keep them. In your perfect will we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just sing that as we make our way back to our seats. And you're dismissed in Jesus' name. God be with you. Watch over you on the road. And may the presence of God lead you and keep you in his perfect will. He knows my name. I have